0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and you are listening to The Raider and The Saint. last chance to walk out that door right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good Good. one, Todd. Good. That's what I wanted to hear. Because in this silver slice of heaven here are 1,984 ounces of beer. Golden, delicious beer. And no
0: one leaves here until we finish every single last drop. 43 what's going on folks thank you for tuning in to another episode this is episode 43 today's date is Sunday August 23rd 2020 the time is 10 30 a.m. The location. I am back. I am back at the studio once again in beautiful downtown historic district in Santa Ana, California. The temperature is hot as fuck. My past guest, Edgar A.K. the Kamish. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It was a great time to have you on and kind of just kick back, relax, talk about fantasy football, and just shoot the breeze, man. It was it was a real cool podcast i have one of my good friends on the podcast and just just hanging out and just relaxing and sometimes i i like to do podcasts like that it takes a little bit the pressure off of me especially when i've had you know big guests on and doctors and and lawyers and stuff like that so once again thank you edgar for coming in especially me coming back from a vacation for uh, from zion national park it was beautiful out there I was really tired. I actually took a couple more days off from work because uh, you know, I was I was uh, under a lot of stress. So, I want to thank you once again Edgar aka the Commish for coming on the podcast. My t- my guest today is a very special friend of mine. He's a he's a good guy. He's been there for me many times during during my my dark times in my life as a as a UPSer, as a human being, as a, as a father, a husband. He's always been there for me, and, and I'm real excited to have him on the podcast, so I'll, I want to get right into it. My guest today is Grant Mertz. He is the former president of the Teamsters Local 952. He's not just that, man. He, he's, he's a family man. He's a husband, a father, and he, he's someone who really cares, so I'm really honored to have him on the podcast. Mr. Grant Mertz, welcome to the show, my brother. How do you feel today? How you doing, Steve? I, I just want to
1: say thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, I feel it's an honor that you invite me on your show, spend some time with you, spend about an hour and a half with you. It's just really an honor and a privilege and exciting, too. I mean, uh, this, is, this is awesome, man. I, I, since I came back from being the president, I'm back driving at UPS. I'm hanging out with all the guys that I've grown up with, their family, and you're one of my family members. And like I say, this is just an honor and a privilege. That you have me on your show and we can spend some time together and just uh chit chat and uh, talk about whatever we're going to
0: talk about that's amazing man so what have you been up to with with driving and all that how's that how's that going how how was the transition the transition was
1: absolutely unbelievable uh the beginning of the year i had multiple options multiple offers to go work at other locals uh in multiple capacities uh but really I wanted to go back to package driving. I wanted to go back and work with the people I've been representing and working with for the last 30 years. I also wanted to really reconnect with my family and my friends. I also wanted to get back in shape and really do what I did for so many years. And uh, since then, it was a little rough those first couple months, the body was aching. <laughs> you know, I think as everybody knows, uh, some of the technologies and the efficiencies that have changed. I kept going for the clutch. I kept trying to rest my hand on the stick shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, the diet board was tells me a lot more than it used to. There's no keys. There's low steps. There's automatics. Uh, but you know, once I kind of got through that first couple months and started rolling with it, just like riding a bike, got to see my friends every day, just like I have been. The customers are great, and uh, more importantly, I lost 35 pounds. Really. 35 pounds. Uh, Is open, that from stress? Well, that was probably also the 90 pounds of bullshit I've been carrying around on my back. of stress and pressure for the last 10 years. But I, I, like I say, it's really been refreshing, uh, revigorating to re- reconnect with myself and my mm-hmm. family and my friends. And uh, it, it's really been a positive thing.
0: How long were you away from driving?
1: I was working for Teamsters Local 952 for 10 years. I started as a business agent. Eventually worked my way up through the uh, executive board as recording secretary, and then ultimately being the, uh, the president. Um, but I, the whole time I was still a business agent. And prior to that, I was a shop steward for 10 years uh, at, in Huntington Center in uh, the Anaheim UPS facility.
0: What made you want to get involved with the union?
1: Well, it actually all started 20 years ago whenever there was a spot open for a shop steward in our package center. I'd only been driving for a few years, but I, I knew a lot of the guys. I knew the president of the local. I was involved in a few items that were not really in my capacity at the time because I didn't have the title of the shop steward, but I helped really collect some information, kind of build a case that really kind of piqued my interest in, in really helping people. I, I, I could see that early on by being a steward. I can really help people professionally and then personally, and I've really just taken that – that same structure, that same mindset, and just carried it all the way from shop steward all the way through the president of the local.
0: Well, let's go back a little bit. Were you are
1: you born and raised Orange County? Mm. Yes, I was. I actually was uh, born in Anaheim. Okay. Uh, born at uh, Anaheim Memorial Hospital. Uh, my folks. My lived, daughter. My daughter. Born, born, born there, there too. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right there off La Palma. Yep. Uh. I, I all three of them, all three of them. Well, I don't even know if the hospital's still there. Is it
0: Memorial, yeah. Is it still there? Yeah, okay. I,
1: I know hospitals have kind of come and gone, but I was, <laughs> I was born right there. Uh, my folks bought a home on Sunkist and La Palma. Okay. Right there in Anaheim. Um, right there were the 57. 57- I used to go to
0: that church right there. It was called East Anaheim assemblies of God. It was right there off of Sunkist. So La Palma you'd go South going towards work and it was right next to that school. Oh. right-hand side. Yeah, I, I, that's where I first started going. Is that going to Jehovah Witness? No, it was a, a Pentecostal. Uh-huh. It was East Anaheim Assembly of God Church. And so, uh, no, no, yeah, it's not Jehovah's This is a Jehovah Witness one right on the is other it? side of La Palma there.
1: It's kind of built into the neighborhoods right there. Right before the, the kissed turns into Mariloma and goes over the hill. Oh, okay. It's right down to the left in the residential there.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, the church was way more south, like right before Ball Road. Like closer, oh closer. oh like my once bad! You, once yeah, you gotcha. pass, once you pass Lincoln, okay. So you're more, you're more north up over there.
1: Yeah, are you, are you. Was that South Street the cross streets of that church? Because I went to the Lamb of God Lutheran be. Church, right there on South and Sunkist I I, th- I think it's changed names. Maybe, over the Maybe yeah, years. it's changed names there, over the years. Then there's another one across the street with the big. Uh, it has the big mosaic yeah. stained glass. Is that the one? I think it. I oh, okay. think it might that be. That might it has be. To it. be.
0: So yeah, it's been a long time since I've been th- there. I mean, that, that's like I was like five years old.
1: That's my neighborhood. My, 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 my dad has passed, but my mom still lives in that same house. I grew up in there. Uh, UPS is right down the street, so it's just that whole What high school did you go to? I went to Catella High School. Okay. Right right there in that same little area. I I got family that's gone there, there too. too, yeah. What, what's ironic is my wife's a junior high school teacher. She actually teaches at South Junior High, which is the one I went to. So that's that's kind of a trip.
0: That's cool, man. How many kids you got?
1: I have two. I have a, 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 my son, Brennan, he's 14. And then my daughter, Ava, she's
0: 12. Okay. All going on 25. It seems like man, trust me. I have an 18 year old. She just started school and I'm getting text messages of what books she needs. And I looked up the other night, one of the books was like $285 for, it was a psychology book. And I'm like, what? And I, you know, I, just like I, because I went to college. I graduated from Cal State Fullerton, and getting books, I don't even remember. I mean, they were expensive. And now, I'm doing it for my daughter. Get, thank God, I started a, a, a college fund for her. So we took money out to pay for her books. She's gets she's going to Fullerton Junior College. They're paying for her if she's from Fullerton. So we just got to pay for the books. But man, it, it's it's it's, yeah. Going on 25, I bet. I got an 18-year-old man, and she she wants some, she's going to get it. So I'm like, ugh. Now it's got – you know, I got a house full of uh, women. You know, I got two daughters, my lady, her mom lives with us, and then we got her sister. Shout out to Denise, who's one of my big listeners. And when you live in a house full of women, I get it, dude. I totally get it. Yeah, I'm just not going to comment on that. <laughs> I can could, I could know the, the challenges that possibly you
1: might be facing there. <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, as they get older, I I'm still in the in the the attitudes getting getting bigger. But I know that the 14, that the yeah. wallet is going to need to be a lot more expanded too to pay for things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just finishing up buying coloring books now. <laughs> like you say, college books. It, it, it's pretty crazy. But uh, I went to actually Fullerton College myself. Oh, you did, and graduated at Cal State Fullerton. Really, I did. Well, alumni, I did. right on, my, my man.
0: Alumni, what year did you graduate? I, I
1: graduated in. Uh, 94
0: okay at Cal State Fullerton yeah I was 2004 yeah 2004 did you did you go straight to Cal State
1: no I went to Fullerton Junior College first Uh, I was on the uh, four-year two-year plan where uh, I think I changed majors every semester Uh, it was awesome though it was 50 bucks uh, uh, a semester You know the the books were about the same, but you know it wasn't that costly. So you, you know, you're 18, 19. I I don't know how you expect to really know truly where you want to go. At least, at least I didn't. Mm. Um, But I knew I needed to go to school. I was working at UPS. I just needed to know I needed to do something. I like to keep busy and and at least have some sort of direction, even though I was still kind of just floating in the wind, if you will, uh, during that that particular time. But then I finally got more direction, and I I graduated with a sociology degree at uh cal state fullerton in 1994. that's where i met my wife also
0: nice man man that's kind of like me i went to fjc i went for a couple years three years grad actually graduated from there you actually can get an a degree and transfer so i got an a degree from there in liberal studies and then i went to cal state fullerton i was going to be a teacher and i wanted to be a principal um, i taught a lot a lot of uh, sunday school at my church i was raised in the church and so went in there and then things a lot of things changed. I was working UPS part-time too at the time you know when I, once I turned 18 so uh and ended up uh I I graduated from Cal State Fullerton but I wanted to if I wanted to go teaching I needed uh, two more years of uh getting her teacher credentials and I couldn't I already had a, a kid and she was already five I had to put money on the uh, food on the table and UPS at the time it, it took us four to five six years to go driving that time came up for me and I took it. I didn't like to drive. I hated to drive. I had my license. I was one of the very few of my friends in high school that had their license at 16, and I hated driving. I just didn't like behind the wheel, and, and I was like, you know what? Let me just do it. And once I got that first check of, of driving, it was hard, but once I got that first check, I was like, man, this is, this is actually really good money. And I kept going, and next thing you know, man, like the, I'm here now. And I, I've learned a lot as being a driver, being a driver, being out there. I've learned how to be able to talk with people, being how to have hold conversations, even though technically we only get 30 seconds, 20 seconds or whatever with those interactions, you know. So I've learned to keep my as far as my podcast goes, I've learned to keep my pitch down to about 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Now, instead of being there, you know, 15 minutes and going, shit, I got to put my brake in, you know. So it, it's been a long journey and, and it seems like you kind of. Did the same thing and and uh, you just went union, you know, being being where
1: you're at. Y- yeah, and and the thing is, I, I I absolutely hear what you're saying with the driving. I I never envisioned going driving. Just because I had, you know, I had a, I had a ponytail down to my waist. I, I was more of just like, I didn't want to be boxed in with stuff, even though with a job or career. I, even though I, I was focused on get, doing something, but I didn't quite know what it was. And when I graduated in 94, the economy was just coming out of a recession. And I already been there, I believe, six years by that time. And then I was like, well, I could just start at 20, 30,000, an entry level job. With the, with the the degree I had, or I go driving and, and double or triple that right off the bat, wearing shorts, working in Huntington Center, uh, and just doing what I've been doing. I just had to put the ponytail up in a, in a hat, and other mm-hmm. than that, I was uh, and well, I had maybe, to shave every day.
0: When did you cut the hair?
1: I cut the hair probably about three or four years after I started, so probably by 98, 99. I, I always wore it in a ponytail. I didn't like it in my face. I don't like any of that. But I got you like sick. You liked rock and roll. I was absolutely rock and roll, man. <laughs> uh, but it, it, the thing is, it was also about I thought it defined me, too. It's just like, you know, I, I could do what I want. I'm going to do what I want, be what I want. But after a while, I got sick of wearing a baseball cap. And to be honest, I got sick of the hair. So went and got a, a haircut and uh like you say it became a lot easier to to deal with and uh, just haven't gone back yet and don't really plan on going back go get my six dollar and seventy five cent haircut every couple months and uh I'm good to go
0: <laughs> that's cool man so fast forward to when you decided hey I, I want to get involved in a union i, I wanna i want to help people what made you decide hey i i, I want to start doing something like this
1: well i think i kind of was the the kind of the initial probably thoughts and feelings on it when with becoming a shop steward and then um actually the the president of the local uh, bob hahn at the time yeah. uh dan rafferty the uh, the prior business agent he was a feeder driver great great man great individual great family man uh he passed he had lung cancer how long ago did he pass he passed in 2008, and then throughout Did that year. Did he play year, golf? He was a huge golfer.
0: I think I met him. He, I used
1: to play with the UPS golf team. He probably the guy dressed, the most impeccable dresser on the golf course. Tall gentleman, that would have been Dan
0: Rafferty. Dan Rafferty. Wasn't he the, no, that wasn't the one that was in charge of the UPS golf Uh, There's another tall guy that's... What's his name? I can't even think of his name right now. I'm not sure who did the golf, but he was an avid golfer,
1: and he was a feeder driver, and then he went in to be... He was a business agent for several years, and then once he passed, then they were looking for a UPS business agent, and then I was approached by uh, the president at the time, Bob Hahn, and I came in and interviewed, and then uh, September 2009, I started working for the local as a business agent.
0: How important do you think it is for someone that held a position like you ha- have to have a higher education, beso- you know, compared to high school? I mean, do you think it's something important that I mean, not just what we learn? Like, I don't remember everything I learned in, at Cal State Fullerton, but the experience alone, I'll remember for the rest of my life. And it, it, and it changed me as, as 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 a human being. And do you think it, it makes a difference in were to be a hold a position like you? You know, compared, you know, with your education and your experience and then. Absolutely,
1: Steve. You know, the, it, to me, education and, and the, 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 the quest or the, the thirst for learning, it really helps in every aspect of our lives, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to learn and no matter how old we get or whatever we think we know. We, there's so much we don't know and and to at least make the attempt to try to further expand or educate your mind on on certain topics or lots of topics uh, it really helps broaden your scope I think dealing with people in your personal lives and in your professional mm-hmm. life too
0: yeah that that's I mean that's how I feel it's I couldn't start this podcast if I was doing the things that I was doing prior you know, I, I wanted to make sure if I was going to start this podcast, I was going to be right minded because deep down I, I, I'm getting to know you a lot more during, during this podcast. And you're kind, you're like me, man. I, I want to help people. I want to I want to educate people. And all I want is prosperity for for my, my fellow co-workers, my, my family, my friends and seeing you, you know, g- going through your your stages of, of, of moving high, higher ups and. You know, I had to I had to ask because I didn't know about, about any of this, and, and it's very interesting because it, it makes it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, I, and the thing is, I'm I'm actually quite a by nature
1: a, a private person, uh, yeah. naturally shy, especially as a as a child. I remember sitting in class and just going hope to God that teacher does not call on me. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to have to do book reports and read them in front of the class as a kid, and uh, and the thing is, is just as, as you as you do learn. I think that natural confidence of, of understanding and, and understanding what you're going to talk about, what you're doing, I think it makes it a little easier to, to talk and to, and to really share what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And that's what this, this job too. I mean, look, just learning the contractual aspects, how to navigate through the employers, the law, all the legal and also the internal aspects of a, the Team Streets Union. But look, it, you, 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 can't, you can't avoid when someone needs help outside of that realm is, is adding your two cents. I mean, we all have had demons, we're all human, mm-hmm. we all have troubles, we all have things that we've had to get through and get over. We have family and friends that had to do the same thing, you know, so w- we really can relate to a lot of things and at the time that you're there in front of somebody and whether it's a contractual or con- union issue, there's other issues that pop up and, and you should never not have your hand out to try to help someone else at that time
0: of need or just saying hello and
1: being involved and being present in someone else's life.
0: So how important is the union in today's workforce, especially working for a company that has made billions of dollars recently, especially with this COVID pandemic going on? I mean, how important is it to have a union in today's society? I believe it's extremely important just as the
1: overall concept is, is good probably 10 years ago, 50 years ago. 70 years ago, I, I think the, the, the demands or the, the reasons for it maybe have evolved a little bit differently. Uh, the workplaces have become safer. And I mean that in, this, in the sense of, you know, with laws and, uh, you know, oversight from the, the, the state and local and federal governments, uh, that has evolved. But, but the thing is, though, you, you still need a voice. And to have a, a grievance procedure, to have that voice be heard, and in a structure, in a in a in a way that that it can follow a contract, it can follow the law. And look, a lot of times we don't have a voice, you know, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in our communities. And uh, anytime you lose that, and you lose the, the your voice or the power of being able to determine who your people are uh, in your community or in your union or in running for president of the United States. Uh, it, it's, it's a huge loss and so it's, it's very very important that the unions do give a voice and a structure for us in the workplace
0: Yeah, the, the reason why I ask is because I have a lot of friends that aren't union and they're against union I haven't really Got to hear why they don't Like union But for me personally everything that I've gone through and everything I've struggled, the union has always been there to back me up and, and put me in the right direction. And it seems like what I see with, for example, Amazon making so much money, one person's making that and everyone else is making pennies at a dollar. I mean, I feel like they, 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 they're just as, as, as important as the person up top. And it's just, it's just crazy how, these people are getting mistreated. I, I've read a couple articles and, and especially with the COVID, you know, we, we've seen a jump in packages being delivered. I mean, the post office can barely struggle, or I mean, they're struggling right now with all the, all the volume that's coming in with, with Amazon. And now the, the government wants them to, to start doing the mail-in ballots and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just, it pisses me off to see people getting mistreated and working those long hours. I I talked to a lot of mailmen, man, and they were all burned out, you know, and, and I'm just so blessed to have, to have the, to work for a union, you know? Yeah. And, and the
1: thing is with that same thing, you know, the, uh, the overworked, I mean, UPS is a good example for, I think the scenario you're, you're, you're bringing up is look, the union has provided very, very heartily for our, our wages, our, our benefits, pension or health care but it's the workload and like you say lately it has been extremely heavy I mean, I've worked more 11 12 13 hour days in the last six months than I have the last 32 years Wow! Uh, when I was at UPS it is I mean I've worked at the union I'm always working 24 7 but mm-hmm. the thing is it, it's just those are large workloads and the thing is and, and the, the union would needs to push back on on the amount of hours drivers are out on road or at least have they have a choice of it and there is Mm -hmm. language whether it's being enforced or not that's another topic but there does need to be protections in in that and 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 as the different issues evolve and ebb and flow uh, that's where the union would come in place and to be able to still be that voice to address the issues as they come and go
0: how does it feel now that you're not in the position that you were a year ago you're driving now you're we were talking before the podcast you're saying you're enjoying the time with your family and kids how has that transition been is is it being you know you 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 transitioned pretty well right yeah and and look the thing is
1: look i obviously was was trying to win i mean it would <laughs> never n- not not do that because whatever i'm going to do i'm 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 doing what i need to do mm-hmm. at, at, at a, the best level that I, I i can do but but the thing is though look everything happens for a reason there is a democratic process in place i fully stand behind that mm-hmm. but but really i've the choice i made to go back driving is is the best Decision okay. I've made because you,
0: you got other offers, right? I heard. Correct. You win. Okay.
1: Yeah, and that so I could have gone and and done that. And look, I I could have easily gone back in, settled in, refocused at whatever local union or whatever level the union needed me. But like you say, I needed to decompress, go back, and like I didn't know at the time. That was the right decision. I felt it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To answer your question, now I know it was. Yeah. Because, you know, and for all those different reasons, man, it's just, it's, it's lighter. It's just, I've, I'm healthier. I, I can reconnect a little better. I, I see things a little differently, but differently in the meaning clearer. And some of it was reaffirming the stuff, obviously, I did know, but I really wasn't disconnected. It's just, I just wasn't, I didn't have time to sit back and 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 really be present in my friend's life, my family's life, and that's what I,
0: helped me. I think the most valuable part of coming back is is that
1: component of it.
0: That's amazing, man. That's an amazing testimony. That you you had options, and and who wants to go back driving? I mean, who want, who wants to go back? And at, at your age too, you just said you just turned fifty one. Next, next week I'll next be week, I'll be fifty one. Yes. Okay, yes, so you're fifty. I just turned forty. I've been doing. I've been driving since I was twenty-four years old, and the wear and tear of my body, the, how I feel, I've had to adjust over time. Excuse me, as far as my diet and nutrition and and exercise. I mean, we think we get exercise at work. Excuse me. Keep moving. But your body gets used to it, and so you have to put that extra. The emphasis in it at the end of the week Whether it's going to the gym for two weeks Or going hiking with the family And To be gone for 10 years man it's just amazing I mean you come back and you drop What did you say 35 pounds
1: Thirty-five pounds. And it was like a time machine kind of Because even <laughs> though with all the efficiencies And technology changes I, I knew about them but I only really was really hands-on with the ones that had problems. Mm -hmm. If there was a problem with some of these efficiencies, the upgrades with the technology, the change in the, in the, in the equipment, that's really where I I would be involved in. Other than that, I mean, if stuff was just cruising along and it was no big deal with the drivers or Mm -hmm. people that worked in the warehouse, I I really wouldn't be involved. And I would would just be on to 50 other things that really needed attention. So, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of seeing all those things and, Ironically, the first week back, I was actually offered a job to go back to or go into feeder, mm-hmm. uh, which which could have been easy. I, you know, I, I could have been on some of those sleeper teams. I had a drivers that are good yeah, friends yeah. of mine. We and thought we were going I, to I, feeder. Yes, I, I, I it was actually on my plate the first week back. But like I say, it, it really I, I, I needed to stick with my main decision, which was to be in package. Like I say that's where I came from 16 years prior. I was a package driver than seven years uh, part time in the hub. But that's where I, I was part of my plan, or was my plan, and I stuck with it. And like I say, even that, I absolutely steadfast believe that I've made the right decision by staying in package. I feel great now. I just, by the way, it's
0: just No, man, you look, 51. You, you look good. I mean, I feel I get, like I'm 30 now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, dude. Are you doing any type of vitamin <laughs> regimen and, um, you know, packing lunches or eating lunches out there? Well,
1: yeah. look, I mean, just on a side note without really going into the whole story, but – just, it's ironic, you said you're 40. So, I was just about ready to turn 40 myself. I was package car driver, and um, I never really went to the doctors to get tested for anything. I was a driver. I thought I was in great shape, mm-hmm. you know. I, I didn't eat out too much, you know, but all the, the physicality of the job. Finally, I went to the doctors to get all the tests, the blood pressure, the uh, cholesterol, the blood sugar, all mm-hmm. that. So, first of all, he's not going to let me leave without putting me on high blood pressure medicine when my when my cholesterol comes back he's ready to put me on cholesterol meds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. here i am 39 and a half basically and he's telling me to get on these meds and didn't even give me the opportunity to To exercise exactly yeah and then so i am sitting there i'm going like what the hell is going on here and i and i asked him i go well look i want to try even though i didn't know what to try Mm -hmm. but i'm going to try diet exercise and Mm -hmm. just try something else and i go why don't you suggest that to the doctor And he goes he just looked at me and kind of laughed he goes i tell that people all the time they don't do it so in order to save your life i'm telling you to give you the meds Mm -hmm. because i don't want you to go home and Mm -hmm. and not eat right i don't want you to go home and not do the exercise but i did do the exercise and i I was able to knock everything back down but then again i went into my new job and then the weight and it's really Mm -hmm. it's just a, a a juggling act of eating right Exercise you
0: smoking cigarettes or are you doing
1: any tobacco? No. nothing. Nope. No, nothing to cause the high soda, blood pressure. Nothing, really? Nope. I didn't drink that much soda. Yeah. Uh, as I gotten older, you know, I don't party as hard and, yeah. and, and really, it was really just, you know, I was just not eating right, not eating healthy. And, um, it was probably the, 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 four bowls of ice cream after. Work. I love ice cream. Uh, yes, yes, I've got a, I got <laughs> I got a nasty sweet work? tooth. Yeah. And exactly. So uh, you come home, you, you eat dinner and then look, you worked hard. What, what what's wrong with uh, With yeah. uh, with ice cream every day, and sometimes they would turn into two or three bowls. And both me and my wife had a sweet tooth. And uh, come to find out, you know that bowl of ice cream is worse than doing heroin. You know when it well, comes I to bet. <laughs> ha- yeah. with the health issues. I mean, because you got diabetes, you got cholesterol, you got over obesity, high blood pressure. I mean, all those things. You don't even that, look
0: 51, dude. Well, you you I look like you're 41, that. dude. I,
1: I appreciate that. Uh, and I, 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 like I say, I feel great, and like I say, I, I just, I, I'm enjoying every minute, and just trying to be present in each in every day.
0: So, man, you, you, you have the right mentality that I anticipated when you, when you coming in here. I, I, I could imagine everything, everything you, you've gone through, and everything you've done. I mean, you're, you're a giver, man. You're not a taker. You're a giver, and and you've given a lot to the union. You've given a lot to your friends, your, your employees, your, your, your co-workers. And I'm, I'm honored to have you here today, man. What, what does the union mean to you, man? What, what does it mean to you deep down? You know, because you, you've, you've done so much for them. What does it mean to you after everything you've gone through? That's, that's a good question. And
1: the, what the union means to me is is still that voice it, it, it can give you that voice i i think being on the on the other side of it or the inside of it if you will uh you do see some things that uh really aren't cool and um with lack of a better word but uh and, and you see that stuff but look life is like that and you you still always have to strive to achieve the best that you can be what what yeah. you whatever your your responsibilities are but the thing is there there is concerns always why i was there and even now with with some of the elements of the job and of a union that that can ultimately hurt the members that it does uh supposed to represent mm-hmm. now but still that does not does not change my overall view of the union that it is a positive thing it is a voice mm-hmm. And it is something that is, is, is there for the benefit of people. And with that structure, you really can't, all the other stuff really won't matter or really change my true feelings on, on the importance of a union.
0: Yeah. I think it's very important, especially where we work at that. We we have a strong hold and we were all in together and you know, you know, I'm from Tustin Center, and whenever there, I was able to get off work early on a Wednesday. You would see me. You would see Wayne. You'd see Roberts. You'd see Jeremy Wall. You, you, we would see a big chunk of Tustin Center there. And I don't know how. I mean, once I started driving, I mean, it just. I mean, I had my car in the car show for crying out loud. You know, because I support the union so much. What do you think about the meetings on? I mean, how long have the we, the meetings been going on Wednesday nights? Wow! Uh, well, first
1: of all, those are some kick-ass dudes that you just listed right there. <laughs> I'd like to say, uh, but the, the meetings on Wednesday that that goes way back. Uh, pro, you know, it goes back to probably the '60s. I'm guessing it could be from the '70s when they chose those particular days. Uh, other local unions, some have weekends, yeah. some have all weekends, some still do during the week. Um, uh, just lack of memory. I think five years ago, six years ago, we did move a couple of our meetings, our Wednesday meetings, to the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, at first, it really didn't boost the the uh, participation too much, uh-huh. but then we added some other other factors to it, some other dimensions to try to incorporate families, mm-hmm. uh, into the event. And that's where things really got, got pretty positive and, and just, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it a, a destination.
0: Yeah. The reason but, why I asked this, is cause I, I've gone to a three, nine, six meetings, shout out to, uh, all the uni- union members of 396. One of my good friends, Terry Diggs. he's a shop steward. Shout out to Terry digs. Um, also shout out to Ron Herrera. I know I missed you guys a couple of weeks ago. I was on vacation when he came through Anaheim. So Just want to give you guys a shout out. I've been there, the medians, and there's nowhere to sit. And it's 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 a different local. I get it, um, but my 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 personal concern is that I would love, I would I would dream of something like that with for nine five two the local. And and I know Wednesdays Wednesday nights we got majority of of the local is is, is uh, uh, UPSers, and a lot of people work, a lot of people get off late, and, and that's always been my my question i never got to ask you is is there i mean how could we get i mean my my what i want is i want those seats filled and and I, this podcast I'm, I'm gonna do my best to make sure we get those seats filled and we, we we build a strong local like everyone else that doesn't mean we're not strong it was just i want that participation because my my union friends my union the union members that they're family and uh what do you think about you know changing i mean the dates maybe or you know in the future i mean obviously you're not you're not in the position to do something like that right now but in the future
1: yeah the the thing the the weekend meetings were successful whenever Mm -hmm. we did change them to there but like you say we we wanted to try it first and initially we didn't get too much extra but then Mm -hmm. once we kind of expanded and did the car show Mm -hmm. we did some some charity stuff they got turnouts too yeah and the the whole idea look because the thing is 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 the the union is tied to the member which is tied to a family Mm -hmm. and the thing is connecting those three is is very important so the thing is there's been talk of of moving them all to the weekends uh with our local it it, with all the industries we're general local Mm -hmm. we do have somebody working uh every moment of the day the week Mm -hmm. uh so it's probably better for you it rolls around a little bit but then you also too one of the other the biggest problems with the with the attendance rate uh probably when it comes to voting too is 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 the people don't care or they don't take time out of their day to think about or plan for Mm -hmm. that i mean and uh look i'm I'm not making excuses for anybody but you know that
0: is a reality that that people deal with uh and Do you think because of s- the days we live in today, everything's social media now, and the the what we're with nine five two, for example, we're gonna talk about nine five two. You know, as far as like the social media presence, and I think I think you guys have a Facebook and stuff like that. Maybe I, I mean I'm I'm just thinking out loud. I'm 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 trying to think. Like, how do we get those seats filled? Because we got young drivers. I mean, there's a bunch of young drivers now that I've never seen before. And these kids are all in their 20s. And I see certain things with them. It's it, it's become more we've become more diverse at, at, at UPS. And Anine, for example, is we used to be able to go and go have fucking beers after excuse my language. But we'd go and have beers. When I first started driving, and I'd be with the older drivers, the new drivers, and we would talk union, we would talk about work. And for some reason, it seemed like 2008 when the economy crashes, when everything kind of just dispersed, and we don't do that as much anymore, if, if not none at all, unless we're going to a union meeting and we'll meet at, uh, what's that place over there up the street? Uh, second Base. Uh, is it Second Base? I don't oh, what's the one across the street? Uh, uh, what's it called? The Swinging, no, it's not the swinging, though. That's intestine. <laughs> well, everybody's listening, they know what, what bar, well, we would meet there, and then we would go to uh, the, uh, the meetings. I'm about tra- I'm a tradition man, I'm, I'm all about tradition, I'm all about you know, just just living that tradition. And uh, shout out to uh, Ramon Weaver, remember Brian Weaver? Yeah, before he went into management, he was all in the unit. I mean, he was diehard. He said they would go in there and he would bring a tall can in there and he would drink it and he would uh, antagonized shut the fuck up yeah like they just get it get it all rowdy and, and you know just be union you know and now it's, it seems we've more we're more separated and it's not it's no one's fault I'm not blaming anybody but it's maybe we have to, I have to think of a different way to get more people involved because I see these young kids in there they care about themselves they care about getting their job done and going home and doing whatever they do, whether it's playing video games or being on social media. Uh, for example, I saw a driver the other day, and there's only two ice machines in Anaheim. And it's hot. It's really hot. So we get in there with our ice chest, and I just get enough ice. I have a big ice chest, a roller, and I just put enough just to keep my drinks cold. i seen this one young kid. He, he was early 20s, easily, and he pulls this big old Bag over his shoulder And he put literally 40 pounds of ice in it It was spilling out While there was like 20 drivers Waiting to use the ice machine And I shook my fucking You know what I did? You know the ice that spills underneath And it's collected? Yeah. I put that in my fucking ice chest And then I walked away Because that's the difference What we're dealing with now Because these guys don't understand that What you're doing now Is going to affect our futures I mean how many guys Retired and then came started coming to the meetings because their medical was so expensive. Well, where were you when when we were here having those meetings during your, during your tenure when you were working? You know, like everybody has a voice and if if you want what you want, you got to show up and you got to you got to talk about it.
1: Yeah, and and that connectivity like you could probably attribute multiple things and that was yeah. interesting how you lineated it out with the uh the economy crashing and uh, going down I, I think that's also kind of the same time frame as social media the the, uh, the, the not Gen Xers the millennials yeah. you know to where where everything's just a flip of the phone and you know you, you see it with not just with the younger people, though, but the, but the culture itself. I mean, you know, you order stuff with your phone. And, and look, I don't even like to be burdened with having to put my address in. But now everything is just push a button, swipe. Uh, I, I took my kids to uh, to Zion, Bryce mm-hmm. uh, last summer. And uh, we were looking at something this summer. My, da- my 12-year-old daughter goes, where do you want to go? And I, I was talking about going up to the Sierras and doing some hiking, which is a place I just absolutely love and then but she wanted to know exactly where and i'm like okay i I gave her the name of the pass and the the trailhead and she goes uh, i just googled it i don't need to go now so i'm like (laughs) uh, okay and then she just wanted to get back to her video game and and i i think you know she's 12 obviously but like i think it's an interesting time frame that using the switch with the economy but you also see the technology and the culture change with how we get information how we Mm -hmm. communicate with each other um you know just as a kid it was all about bikes and rolling with your friends in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. waiting until some parent came out and started yelling for kids to come in. You know, mm-hmm. now that you just you know, you got helicopter parents, which we're probably are all guilty of and mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of the overbearingness of it and then just with coupled that with the technology. So but but getting back to your thing, you're you're right. We you gotta stay connected. If they're not getting the knowledge and the, the information from the meeting where else are they getting? And the concern is they're probably not getting any. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not talking with the shop stewards that are going to the meetings or other, other members that are going to the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we would put ours up on live or let people videotape them and they share them with their friends. I don't know if that's still the case or not. But, you know, really anything you can to, to educate someone, give them more knowledge. And you're right. It's about not only yesterday and today, it really tomorrow is the key. And if you don't really pay attention, uh, you know, all the work that you and I are doing towards our pensions and our retiree medical, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be just, just
0: flapping in the wind, so. Well, thus saying that, man, we're, we're at our halfway mark. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back, folks. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back from a quick break. Sorry, we had to take a break. Once again, my guest today, Grant Mertz, former president of the Teamsters Local 952. Grant, thank you for coming on the show. This is the second half.
1: Once again, it is an honor and a pleasure, Steve.
0: Oh, no, I'm having a great time, man. I'm I'm glad you're having a great time, too. Let's talk a little bit about what is going on now. We have a new regime that's in charge of our local. I've heard different rumors. I'm not here to talk smack on anybody, but I just want to know a little bit of, of what's going on. I mean, is this gonna affect as far as how 952 is being run? I mean, obviously, I don't know how th- things are being run. We got what we got Albertson, Save On, well, we got OCTA. I mean, how many other companies do 952 control? Well,
1: 952 is a general local, which means there's usually not one particular type of industry or, or company that is, is tied to it. Uh, last I remember, I believe there's probably just north of 70 different contracts. Some are built within other larger contracts, but that's about the number that we have. So the thing is, all different sectors, manufacturing, uh, busing, you know, package delivery, grocery, all aspects of that, um, pharmaceuticals, uh, you pretty much name it. If it gets moved or made, uh, we pretty much, the local 952 uh, covers that.
0: How far does 952 extend to? Is it just Orange County? No,
1: that's actually what's kind of funny. And I think uh, Eddie Morales, whenever he was in charge, I think really pushed this. It's Orange County and vicinity is what's on the charter and um, that really allows for obviously Orange County, but the vicinity part uh, pretty much, uh, that pretty much opens up a whole universe, even though it doesn't quite go that far, but there is stuff in the in- Inland Empire that we have, and um, that's kind of really where it expanded into. The, the stuff when you get in, when you get outside the lo- or any local's jurisdiction, there becomes jurisdictional disputes as we've had in the past, uh, as other locals have in the past too as 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 buildings or companies move change hands you know you get those type of different uh, factors that can cause things to move but mostly it's orange county and there's other locals that do have the, you know their fingers into orange county it's not in a bad way but it's just you know it just it broadens out and some of the the, the sectors and industries are actually in the walls of orange county but
0: because of this new regime that took over they went out and even though UPSers for our local stand for how, how much percentage would you think are UPSers and then other companies in 952 local? Uh, U- UPS will, will be the largest account.
1: They're closely with uh, Albertsons Vons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're probably within maybe 100 members difference. And then you got uh, CVS warehouse and drivers, and then you have uh, OCTA ma- maintenance and uh, and the drivers. That covers probably about forty percent of the local.
0: About forty yeah. percent UPSers. No, 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 no. U- UPSers.
1: Is, I would okay. say it's it's uh, closer to twenty percent.
0: Oh, okay. So it wasn't even that that great, because from what I heard, they didn't need the UPS votes. They went out and got the votes from other other places, and. Well, yeah, UPSers just just.
1: Didn't vote in this in this election. I for whatever reasons. I mean, I. And hasn't that I happened in the past though? Uh, it has. Uh, I would just say our last contract that we had. Um, excuse me. Um, we had nearly, I believe, two thirds of the uh, of the members actually voted on the contract, which was which is the first time in history that we've had that many people vote on the Whoa. contract. Um, and then they overwhelmingly, it was by majority actually, uh, did approve the uh, contract. So look, but but we we really pushed hard for participation. You know, when you get into elections, look, at, same with the voting on the contracts too. I mean, it, they're all mail-in ballots for both. Uh, but you know, the, that's where the disconnect is: is trying to get people to participate, people to be involved, people have a reason why they need to participate. And I, I I'm just I can speculate, but you know, you get. 10 different people you're going to get 10 different answers but I I think that they just there was a lot of assumptions there would not there's not going to be any changes they don't need to worry about changes uh but but change has really kind of spread over the UPS world in
0: 952. Yeah, it definitely it definitely has, man. What do you think the future holds for for UPS? You know, as far as when the negotiations start coming in. I mean, obviously they got 2 years this new regime that's involved. Before they could have another election Do you think what they're doing now inside? I I don't know what they're doing All I know is I've heard a lot of uh, Comments from other drivers I'm not going to put people on blast But this new regime No text messages are being uh, Called, you know, text back There's no calls being uh, called back And how long can we go With something like this At UPS when things ain't getting done When, when people got questions to ask I mean, you're always there. I could I, I mean, once you I didn't need you after a while because I, I kind of I'd learned as, as growing in, in the union, learning my rights and learning what they can and cannot do to me or say to me, you know. But whenever I needed you, you're a text message away, man. Like, boom, like you're you're a busy man and you were able to boom. Now you're not getting text messages back. You're, you're not getting calls back. How long can that last before UPS goes? Hey, you know, we, we, we could push the issue as far as, you know, un un rightfully firing people for certain things instead of disciplining them the right way and going through what the contract is is put in front of us.
1: Yeah, there the there is many many concerns that I have with the way it's being attacked or being uh, administered and represented at UPS. There is. Grave concerns on multiple issues uh, because a lot of this stuff, once it's gone, it's gone for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, UPS is a multi-billion dollar company. They, they must be, be pushed on in a way that is smart, sophisticated, uh, has multiple steps in the moves that the union makes to protect the membership with with the, the way the contract's written and the applications that have gone on in our local for decades. Mm-hmm. And th- that that is a, a grave concern. I, I don't, the UPS, I believe, will know what they're doing when they're dealing with whoever they're dealing with. And that's just a general rule. I mean, like I say, they got the best attorneys in the world, on the planet, mm-hmm. uh, being able to navigate and maneuver, not just within the union, within politics, within the communities within the business world i mean look they're they're gonna pay for every every angle that they can buy and um look i I do have grave concerns and and the thing is we do have a contract coming up uh, in three years Mm -hmm. and um there will be an election prior to that to determine who who 952 wants to represent them in their upsers in their in their contract i mean the other the the new uh people that are running the local are being tested now with the grocery uh the albertson's von's uh, negotiations a cvs negotiations are ongoing um they they just completed octa um look uh, without getting into the details i mean I, i'm not here to slam anybody but uh that is a concern too um and then you got a lot of the smaller industries coming up this year there's a mm. lot of contracts and so for the upsers which you know that that's our world uh, we really want to make sure that internationally at with the Ibt and locally we have the right people in place I mean for for a good contract and to enforce it. and like I say I have a lot of concerns,
0: yeah because as far as it, it experience, I mean, is there a lot of experience? I mean, as far as not mentioning names, but I feel and for what I've told that there's no experience and if you got no experience, I mean it's it's why would you go in, into a, a position where you know, you because some people like they do it for the the clout, right? I I want that position. I don't like you for a certain reason or whatever. I'm better than you. I'm gonna I'm gonna out you and I'm gonna hit this position. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're doing it for that, if you're doing it because you're looking for a, a you don't want to drive, you're looking for a payout. You're you you just want to be part of the mafia. Whatever you're doing is. I, I want people that, are, that if you're actually going to do it, you're actually going to make this change, then make the change and, and do something positive. And from what I heard right now, look, I'll I give I'll give people the benefit of the doubt. I will say congratulations. I hope all things are well. But guess what? You're under a microscope now because the person you outvoted was someone who took care of me and helped me during my tough times. And, and I'll stand behind that till the day I die. So, you know, it, it, is there different agendas when people go for positions like this or i mean obviously you can't speak for them i guess yeah but just
1: in general I'll just speak in general terms with with any organization you know you you have people that probably are in positions that earned it or have the knowledge or experience for it and then you have people that just you know really want titles i think you hit the nail on the head i agree with the with your your, your comments in re- relating to that but sometimes too it's like well now what do we do i mean we just have to people be educated. I I, I think putting people in spots, it it goes across the board with almost any industry or anything in particular that if you're doing something you don't have knowledge of, and that has consequences for other people, it's risky, you know? Um, And then you get back to the other things we talked about, you know, like the, the quest for knowledge and, and, and trying to broaden yourself to better yourself for other people. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to. And when you, once you do that, you take that general statement and overlay it across the board pro- professionally and personally, mm-hmm. you're gonna be successful and, and how you measure success it, it, it's kind of a, a nebulous word right but the thing is, is is being present being connected being knowledgeable is is, is part of, of success in my
0: mm-hmm. book what what does the future hold for you as far as getting back out there and, and, and I look at there's a lot of people that I've spoken with, and I only told a couple people that you were coming on the show. I, I like to keep it a surprise who comes on my show. But a lot of people I talk to, you know, that there's been different rumors that you you like your position you're at now. You get to spend more time with your family. You get to raise your family. But you also said you got a chance to take a break and rejuvenate, get back to your roots and get like a little refreshment or a little revival as how you people might say it. And what do you think in the next couple of years? You think you're going to get back on that saddle or, I mean, is it too early to tell? Obviously I don't, I don't want to, you know, this is a big question I'm asking you today, you know, so you don't have to answer it. But, but let me, let me, let me, I I do appreciate the
1: question. Mm -hmm. And it really is a logical question for, for us as, Mm -hmm. as friends, as coworkers, uh, the, the one thing that I've I've learned too, look, I don't need a title mm-hmm. to help people, and I've known that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I'm back driving, look, I would never, I would never interfere in the local union administering the contract or mm-hmm. enforcing a contract. But the thing is, I also with my coworkers and uh, fellow uh, Teamsters, I'll be more than happy to always help, do what I can do to educate them. To educate them contractually, educate them on what their rights are, mm-hmm. and because really what it, it boils down to is 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 protecting those rights and mm-hmm. protecting our voice and protecting what we do have an ability to do and not to do, mm-hmm. and and with that 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 does open the door one way or the other. I mean I, I do appreciate the the titles I do have, like you mentioned earlier, friend, father, mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. Uh, coworker. I look, Those are titles I am absolutely down with. Mm -mm. Uh, Those are titles, though, that also can, like I say, I can still do what my scope was to help people to reach Mm -hmm. out. And uh, look, there is things down the road. There's, There's always, you know, a democratic process within the Teamsters that does really open the doorway for not only myself but other people that are like-minded and and have concerns, mm-hmm. and uh being able to 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 freely run or speak their mind for the betterment of the Teamsters and uh the members and our friends.
0: That's good, Matt. Uh, that's oh, that wasn't way. too much of a dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. You danced around the whole <laughs> dance floor, man. It's all good. You you you're you're always gonna have my respect, and and it was just it's just amazing that. Uh, you know, where you came from and where you're, where you're up, you were representing something great and you still represent something great. And you're, you're right. You don't need a title to help people or to educate them, you know. And and it's not like anybody took it for granted anyways. No one went to the UPSers. No one went to the meetings. I mean, I would tell people, hey, you know, let's go to the meeting. Go to the meeting. You tell a friend, you tell a friend. Let's let's build something here. Let's, let's keep the local strong because UPS does see that. And they do understand and they do got the best lawyers on the planet. And I do get harassed a lot at work. I, I get a, a harassed for my medical condition and I, I have to have battles every other day. And, and it's it it does bother me and it, it does get to me at one point. But I have to stay strong because this is this is the world we're living in right now. And one question I want to ask you is this new regime. I keep saying regime. I don't know why that's just coming out of my mouth. Um I don't know too much. That's why I'm going to ask you because you know a lot. They're running with the TDU, and that means the Democratic, the Teamster Democratic Union. Um, uh, I've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of a lot of stories. I talked to a lot of a lot of people, and they said that this is a a, re, a regime that uh, could eventually mess with our pension, our medical. I mean, can we talk a little bit about the TDU? Are you comfortable talking about that, or?
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think what what might help is is maybe my definition and uh, viewpoint on the, the TDU. So, look and because and like you say, it, it, it's all about perspective on on stuff like this. I think it's a it's a good question. Um, TDU is Teamsters for a Democratic Union. Mm-hmm. I and look, my history lesson here is going to be plus or minus some of the years or the names, but it, it goes, I believe, to the seventies. Anybody can join it, but they also they can also decide it whether you're in or not. It's really a subgroup of the Teamsters that that you become a member and you pay for the membership, and then they decide whether you you can be a member or not. As the the difficulty in that is is when you're the Teamsters, there is no everyone's a teamster right mm-hmm. as long as you're 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 doing the qualifications mm. we can't the nobody in the in the industry can say you're good or bad unless you violate some of the rules the constitution bylaws and, and such but the thing is so my history is the 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 tdu is as a young upser i would get those those um uh, the convoy or whatever their newspaper article was. And it was funny because the people handed it out I always, it was the same guy, but he always told me a different story. Like one day he was a feeder driver. The next day he was a package driver. The next day <laughs> he,
0: he used to work at UPS. You know, I get these different stories. I was lied to recently. Uh, Sorry to cut you. I was lied to recently. Correct. They said they needed a, a, so many signatures and I signed it and I walked in and he goes, no, that's TDU. And I was like, well, who's TDU? So. C- correct and the thing is and, and look and I know the
1: word gets does get thrown about but but they are a, a, an actual organization within the, the Teamsters and the guy I believe the guy's name is is Ken Paff. Uh, I think it's Ken the P-A-F-F. He's back in I want to say Detroit could be somewhere in Michigan but like I say he's the founder and I think he's still the guy overseeing uh, that organization within the Teamsters back there and and like I say I. Me personally, I just did not appreciate... Look, I don't care if they give me the flyer. I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at it, whatever. But the guy is telling me a story. And the thing is, that's the part I didn't like. And that's what the... So that's what they get associated with, right? They might have a legitimate topic or issue, but then it gets morphed into just trying to shove it down my throat or sell it to me, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't... I'm not down with that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't dig that. I I, I I like information. I like to learn. And then let me make a decision on it, right? I mean, so that's, that's kind of where... I kind of became exposed to this the the group the, the TDU and like I know they they've they've changed the name, they've marketed it a different way. Um, look, if you firmly believe in that, then just believe in it, right? But if, if you're going to make excuses and 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 try to say it's it something is or isn't, look, just just lay the stuff on the table, let the membership decide what is and what isn't. But when you got people from that organization tied to a certain organization, I mean, what, what else, what are you supposed to do? I mean, come on, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, then that does spill over into our, our international politics. Hoff is retiring. Um, That's a big one, right? It, that is huge. I mean, he's been at the helm for several decades, uh, you know, pretty much stabilized the, 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 the Teamsters. Like there's, there's pluses and minuses that we could we could hold over his head. But, but he did stabilize the, a a union that was nearly bankrupt back in the nineties. And look, I'm not here to point fingers. I've just, you try to look at facts Mm -hmm. and, and look, and you try to use that in moving forward. So, cause we are moving forward. The, 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 the teamsters are with new leadership at the top. And the thing is you got to really look at what's important to you, just as when you look at a local union election, you're voting on your contract, what's important to you and your family. And then you extrapolate that out, and hopefully we're all looking longer term. But like I say, that that's really what needs to take place on this next international uh, election.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a big big election, man. Big things are about to happen, and uh, you know a lot of people are concerned, especially people my age who still got you know 12, 13 years left at w- working at UPS, and I want to make sure I protect my my pension's protected, and my health care is protect protected. What do you think about what's going on with, with, I mean, I, they, they want to, the pinch or pensions at, at but risk then, right now. I mean, I hear well, that all the time. Yeah. Well, look, pensions are always
1: at risk and there's pensions that are failing and there's pensions that are doing extremely well. You know, you and I are under a, a pension that is doing extremely well. The Western yeah. conference teams mm-hmm. for pension. Excuse me. And, uh, You know, one of the bigger threats right now is going to be the Grow Act, which you might have heard about. The Grow Act, it's it's it's. Look, I'm going to talk about it in just regular guy terms, because like I say, I, you know, I I without having all of it in front of me, I am 51, even though I feel 41, but my (laughs) mind is still like I just can't remember everything. But I want to put it into perspective at least, and so it's kind of in in layman's terms. I mean, but the Grow Act, it really is is an is an act designed to basically would hurt multi-employer pensions like we have. And, and it creates these hybrid composite funds that really release the withdrawal liability from the employers and really push it back on the members. And what, for our Western conference, which is the most healthy pension private pension fund out there, uh, this is a, a huge deal. And like I say, it, it, it snuck into the heroes act that was recently uh, put on hold and, uh, you know, we're all for the Heroes Act, but we're you know we should not be for any legislation that's going to hurt us with our pensions, and um,
0: and that's for helping people in the middle of the United States, right? Because there there's well, not enough work, not enough volume, not enough revenue coming in through there, and so they want to split it with they. I mean,
1: I wouldn't say look what it ultimately what it's it's going to do. It's going to defer monies going into into our traditional pension funds or any other t- traditional pension funds. And it's going to start diverting them into these, these hybrid f- or composite funds, mm-hmm. whether they're, they're newly created or they're, they're under umbrellas of existing traditional funds. And okay. th- the problem with that is once employers start diverting money into that, they're not on the hook for the withdrawal liability. They can really e- any negotiation. Just walk away free and clear. And, and the thing is this, the, the scary thing is with the, with the grow act, It popped up a few years ago. It just—I don't know why in the hell it ended up in the Heroes Act. But the thing is, even if it gets chopped out of it this next go-around, it's still going to be in a place that can pop in at any time. I mean, that's just the way Washington D.C. and the Capitol does stuff. I mean, you usually don't have a singular bill. There's the main part of it, which everyone talks about and screams and or Mm. cheers or whatever. And then you got the fifty other, you know, buddy bills that get. slapped into it to get people on board with the whole thing you know and those are the type of things that are scary for our pensions mm-hmm. you know uh, obviously you know who's negotiating our our, our contracts is, is important but but really you're always being attacked as a as a union from both fronts the employers and and uh, the politicians that that's just a fact
0: yeah oh definitely it is man you guys it takes a very special person to be involved in the, in the union and and fighting for the rights of, of the hardworking American. And I'm honored to be, to be union. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing to to see the growth and, and the fight and, and just to keep, keep the middle America, the middle man, you know, the middle class, like keeping us abroad, man. What do you think about these elections coming up? How important is it in November? I would say, Because it's uh, going to trickle down. Right. Correct. Look. And and
1: the thing is, I'm just going to say this in general, because every election is really, really important because the consequences, we we don't really know the depth of there is unknowns, whether you get into political parties, individuals, um, certain propositions here in California that get that get put on the bill. Uh, th- even employers like that the prop 22 which is luckily the uh, and I figured they would the teams are, are against uh, 22 which is is a good thing but th- the thing is there's always that attack and and participating or not participating really should never be the thing everybody should be participating because this is gonna be a presidential election but if it wasn't th- there is strategies because the participation is mm-hmm. going to be low that people try to push in in off election years, try to push legislation that can mm-hmm. really damage us. So the thing is, I, I think this one is just as important as the one we just had mm-hmm. and the one will be after that. It's just, it's big because it's the big stage, right? You got, yeah. it's the presidential one. There's, you know, big players. There's a lot of emotion on both sides of the, of the aisle on this. And, uh, there there's, there's consequences and rewards from both sides. And I'm just going to keep that right in the middle there, Steve. That's you know,
0: perfect. Like. Do you think we've become divided more or less as a country today compared to, you know, let's just say, what, 2008? We'll go back to 2008. That actually is a fantastic question because,
1: you know, it, it's a subjective question, too. Mm-hmm. You know, how divisive are we or how how separated are we? Um, because look, there's, there's definitely tangible things we can look at and watch in the news or read, see on, on social media and, 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 and go, wow, this is really jacked up. And there is. I mean, there's some things that are really mm-hmm. just, just beyond belief that, that we're still having to deal with you know, in, in our society today. Um, but th- this is where it just it, it gets, it, it gets convoluted. Is it more or less? Now you go back it looks like it's more because we really don't, I mean, look at mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I was have a hard time remembering things as well as I did now, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the thing, the thing, well, the kids today, this and that, well, shit, we were, you were probably a problem just as much as I was a problem back then. Right. <laughs> and, and so the thing is, but look, I, I still, some of the, the issues at hand socially and, and politically are just unbelievable. And, and, and I see them and I just, like some of it, I just I, I can't stand to watch anymore. I mm-hmm. just can't. Not that I, I I can't watch it. It's just when is it going to mm-hmm. stop? And that's the the sad part of the whole thing. And because mm-hmm. politics has always been divisive, and it's always been meant to 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 try to pull up people's emotions to get you to vote to me. And that that's mm-hmm. really what it is. Because they they pick projects that that really people grab
0: onto that mm-hmm. polarize them mm-hmm. and they exploit them. Mm-hmm. But, well, I know. The union, the Teamsters in general, they mostly side for the Democratic Party. Am I correct? Yes,
1: they, they, they do. It They're usually pro worker in general. They usually are on board with 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 the with the boots on the ground or the uh, the political support they get from unions mm-hmm. uh, and their members. Uh, but the thing is. But they've equally hurt us too with some of the like the, the NAFTAs and some of the trade agreements over the years um, You could probably point to every president and, and something that they did to damage you know unions in general mm-hmm. but but the thing is I, I think when you get into the different the, the different uh, political parties, the problem is when you're a union you, you're just really looking at it from from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you get into the political parties, they've expanded beyond that. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, so I could be pushing as a union, be pushing you to vote Democratic Mm -hmm. because I think that guy's going to help you in your workplace. Workplace. Right. But the thing is, you may not believe in in abortion. Uh, You may not believe in 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 gun control or gun rights. And you you, you really you can Mm -hmm. you start going beyond the workplace you have Mm. all this broad spectrum of of, of issues that really are polarizing Mm. and they're polarizing because people firmly believe in them Mm. But right wrong or indifferent Mm. it's it's so strong these other issues that the workplace may not be and that's where everything gets convoluted yeah you know and and so the people you get demonized and and all these different aspects because truly the unions support people that are going to support workers that's yeah. what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, my dad, he was, uh, I forgot what union he was. He worked for uh, Boeing, or it used to be McDonnell Douglas, and then uh, turned into Boeing in Long Beach, and, and they shut down. He, he was able to retire early, but he was union. He was strong in union, and, uh, but we're, uh, we were raised Republican. And we were raised re- Republican based upon our, our religious views. You know, we, we were a conservative family. And so it, it's, it's, you know i I've, I've seen both sides and that's why i ask you know because i know a lot of people they 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 live and die by a democratic and i see a president two presidents that, that i'm not on anybody's side here i'm looking like what you said like what's going to benefit me and my family and i know it sounds a little bit selfish but you know i feel at this point my point of views of what I've, everything i've been through i have the right to be able to pick and choose whoever i want without being judged and Everybody's fighting and, and, and judging over, you know, who who you think you're voting for. And I have my opinions and, and I'm not going to say my opinions now on, on on the podcast, you know, but I think it's important to people to to look and, and see what you want, what you want for yourself and what you want for your family and, and the future of this world and, and vote based upon that. And I mean, that's exactly what you just said, you know, with the what with, with, we're going to vote for what's going to benefit us in the workplace. And I, and I think that's that's right on
1: correct and, and you, I think you really amplified it there too is it is, is is look if, if you do say who you support the problem with that is is you get all those other factors yeah look I have no problem explaining who I b- believe in who I vote for why I vote for them and these are the reasons I have no problem doing that but the thing is you're right I just don't need to get bogged down with with the other stuff and I don't mind talking with people about it I really don't want to debate people about it but Mm -hmm. i have no problem listening to what people believe in the support no matter what it is because that's just who i am but the thing is i i just don't i don't i'm not here to like i don't care if you know my opinion or not Mm -hmm. you know if you want it i will tell you i'm not going to (laughs) force it to you and and to be honest look if if you want to tell me yours i'm open ears especially Mm -hmm. if if, you know Mm -hmm. we're a friend and you want to tell me i'm good and i'll respect it Mm -hmm. but you're right i just i
0: don't don't know who i'm voting for how about that yeah i mean i mean i i I see. I see both sides, and you tell me you, I, I need to dig deeper. What are their policies? What what type of laws are they are they for? I can't rely on what I see on social media because they make fun of of Trump or they make fun of Biden or there's there's stories on Harris and they're bringing up old Twitter feeds. Like that's all fine and dandy. It's funny. It's entertaining. But I need to look at the policies and what are they fighting for or what do they want that's going to affect me and my family and later in the future and i think that's what's most important i mean my dad used to say vote for the lesser evils but i guess we could put that in the same type of category like i i need to vote what's good for me and my family and my friends yeah and actually i i think what he
1: he, he ultimately means too is is the expectations because you know what are you expecting them to get? What what policies do they get behind? And I think what he means when the lesser of evils, he's just looking at what's going to be closer to what they truly True. can achieve, as opposed to just mm. open promises and, and this and that. Because there is there is that reality. And, and look, it's expectations, it, lack or 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 over over enthusiasm for some. That's really I think what, what causes a, a disconnect, and it causes disappointment it causes an unrealistic view of truly what what and why you're voting for certain people
0: well man this has been an amazing podcast grant i I, i'm honored to have you on the podcast won't you tell the people a little bit of something close close it out and and i'll finish it up man uh well like like
1: i've said man i'm so stoked to be here today steve you're a kick-ass dude with all the love and respect in the world uh, I've really enjoyed myself. Uh, like you say, I was so excited to come in and do this uh, podcast. Um, I'm so excited about the decisions I've made. that I followed my heart really in, in them uh, to my family that I, I absolutely love and adore. And just really being able to do some of the things that I could focus on. Man, I, I, I love the outdoors. I love sources like, like snowboarding, surfing, uh, backpacking. Things that, that really are a source of, of inspiration and desire that, that that pull me in and that I, I can do. I mean, did some backpacking the summer in the Sierras. Uh, couldn't do much snowboarding this last year because they shut down everything. But, but like I say, just spending time with my kids, m- making them pancakes on the weekends, simple stuff like that. I mean, because the thing is, by being present in my life personally and professionally, it just... Makes life that much better, and enjoying the people that you're with, and looking for the positives in people. Because look, we're all jacked up in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I'm as uh, as I leave here today, I'm gonna go home and see my family. Look, they drive me crazy too. But Mm -hmm. we're gonna look for the positives, and we're gonna do something fun, something that everyone can enjoy. Once again, Steve, thank you, love, and respect, my man. I love you to death.
0: How can people get a hold of you if they got any questions? Obviously, you're not not in, you know, you're not in involved as much now you, you but you said you want to be involved if you want people to get a hold of you if they got questions or concerns is that okay if we do oh, some? yeah oh,
1: absolutely look the, the 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 social media i'm on facebook i'm trying to get the instagram rolling but look, really my cell i live on that thing right mm-hmm. phone calls text emails but really it, it's Mertz. phone calls and texts yes yeah, so my 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 cell number is seven one four three zero zero Three zero three eight. Because this is the beauty of the whole thing. Like if if my phone's on and I can answer it, I'm gonna call you. If if, mm-hmm. if if I need to finish up what I'm doing at work and then I got a free time, I'll text you. Look, just if you want to reach out, I'm here for you, everybody, just like I always have been. Mm-hmm. Just you know, to all my my friends and family, co-workers whatever it is, man. I love you guys, love the Teamsters, and I uh, love you, Steve. Appreciate
0: I love it. you too, Grant. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Folks, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. If you want to hit me up on IG, you can hit me up at the Raider and the Saint. Once again, I want to thank my guest, Grant Mertz, for showing up, brother. I love you, man. This is or this has been one of my favorite podcasts. I'm honored to have you here. Enjoy your little vacation, but we will see you soon in a couple years, huh? Right on, brother. Right on. <laughs>